Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Cable Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, this week's guest has been here with us many times before, and you have heard his very impressive bio many times. But not only is he the most decorated writer of all time with the most awards, he is the top three most celebrated Halls of Fame, the USBC, the PBA, and the Mort Ruby Jr. Halls of Fame. So let's get him out here, and please welcome my good buddy, Bob Johnson. Hello, Bob, and welcome back to the show. Hey, thank, thank you, Bob. Bob. It's always a pleasure to talk bowling with a, a true living legend like yourself, which always kind of confuses me because how can a how can someone who's a living being be a phantom? But I've just kind of learned to go with the flow when it comes to this program. <laughs> so, the you and I were tossing around topics the other day, and because this is your show you decided on great moments from the PBA Tournament of Champions. So let's be honest, this is a poorly veiled way to sell a few more copies of your book, Stone 8, the stories behind the PBA's most memorable moments, right? Well, yeah, you know, I've got a few copies left, and it's, it's getting to be around Father's Day, and also a lot of people's uh, graduations, and I figured this would be the last chance to sell some books because we want to pass all this knowledge along. In this book, they had a contest with the PBA when their 60th anniversary, and they got together a bunch of sports writers and dignitaries and whatnot to figure out the top 60 moments in the 60 years of the PBA. And they were memorable moments. And they took it down to about 1,000, then 500, then 400, then 100. Then they pared it down to the top 60, which was tough. And so Sam Villarreal, the great artist, and myself wrote a book about the top 60. So bowling fans, get your pens and pencils ready, because we're going to give you an address, address and, and where to send the money to get yourself a book and also a present for one of your loved ones that loves bowling. That sounds good. So we're going to... Uh... We're going to share some of your memories from the uh, Tournament of Champions um, that people can find in this book. And let's get going with your top TOC memories. And let's start with the number one ranked most memorable moment in PBA history. And that, of course, was Don Johnson's 299 at the 1970 Firestone. Yeah, you know, that was an overwhelming favorite to be the number one memorable moment in bowling. It kind of turned the corner for the PBA. They got a lot of publicity about that when Don shot 299 and he left a ring in 10. Everybody saw him face down on the approach. And, you know, one of the small things that people don't realize that he was bowling against another all-time great Dick Ritker, and Ritker shot 268. And what a gentleman he was, because he was the first guy up and down there to go congratulate Don for a great performance. But 
Yeah, that was probably the most memorable one, which has been voted on to be the number one memorable moment of all time. Yeah, yeah no doubt uh, Johnson face down on the approach of Riviera, definitely yeah. the most iconic image in bowling history. And it hasn't been topped in 50 years. Now, I was just 12 when that happened, so I wasn't there. But I have been fortunate enough to be on hand to cover the other TOC moments from the book that made your list for today. So let's move on to Jason Couch winning the tournament three consecutive times. Yeah, this was voted on, again, uh, by all the dignitaries and sports writers and whatnot. It was a number 25 memorable moment. And one of the most memorable things about it, obviously, were you know, there's only been a couple of guys that have won it three different times. But Jason won it three times in a row. And it was in three different bowling centers, which really makes it memorable. Uh, he did it in 99, 2000, and 2002. Uh, to do it three years in a row, which uh, was unbelievable. But I know you're going to correct me because you're a writer. And when I said 99, 2000, 2002, that isn't exactly three years in a row. But you know the reason? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it wasn't held that one year. It was three times in a row. The, yeah. You know, the three times that the tournament was held, he won it. Um, but it took, as we like to use a bowling phrase. It took a bye one year. Exactly. Very good. I, I knew you'd know that. You, you're you really knowledgeable. You're, you're not just a pretty face. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is tough to overcome this pretty face and, and be taken seriously, but I, I do my best. <laughs> um, next up is the unforgettable $1 million Tournament of Champions in 2011. And I don't know about you, but I can't believe that it's been 10 years since that event. And different, remember it for different reasons. But this is your show, The. So why did it make your list? Well, you know, this was a quite instrumental kind of in my career. But, you know, this was tied for number 10 on the all-time top 60 memorable list. But it was number three on my list. Uh, the main reason, <laughs> well, one of the top reasons, let's put it that way, was this telecast will never be topped uh, simply because of the scores. You know, Mika Kovaneni, he rolled 299, and his opponent, Tom Zordy, he needed a spare in the 10th frame to shoot 100. <laughs> so 299 to 100 is the largest margin ever of a victory, 199 pins, you know, and, and I don't think that'll ever be topped. But, you know, one of the reasons why I really loved it as being a former lane man, you know, you always try to make things fair for everybody. No matter usually what you do, uh, somebody's always upset. But in this particular <laughs> tournament, both guys were upset. You know, one, Mika said they were too easy, and Doherty said they were too tough. That's a lane man's <laughs> delight. That was, that was awesome. <laughs> but, you know, sitting a, a, just a few feet away from that match, obviously I was taking copious notes. I was, you know, making sure I had written down every spare that Tom had left. And he left some exotic ones with that that uh, wide hooking ball that he threw. A lot of exotic uh, washout split uh, combination 
uh, stuff. And um, what what also struck me about that was he knew he was out of that match early. And toward the middle of it, rather than just kicking racks or, you know, making a, a jerk of himself, he was laughing about it. But even more important, he was getting out of, he was keeping out of Mika's way, which is what all professionals do when an opponent has a chance at a 300. And Tom, while he was kind of shaking off what he was doing, he was making sure he wasn't interfering with what Mika was trying to do. And I thought that was, that was a, a class act. Well, he proved to me that how much of a professional he was because not he was embarrassed because of his low score. But like you say, yeah. he was a pro. He was right up there to congratulate Mika, you know, each and every shot. And he got out of his way, and that was beautiful. And by the way, what were you doing there that day? Hadn't you been away from the PBA for something like 16 years? Wow, what do you got, a map on me or something? What do you got, the, you know, you keep my uh, track of my my calendar or what? But, you know, nobody knows that. I have that. sources. <laughs> you got sources? sources? Well, it, it, you know, it's kind of humbling for you to ask, but since you asked, uh, you're right. I had been away from the PBA for 16 years, even though I keep following it, but I was there for a very special occasion, and that was the week that I was inducted into the PBA Hall of Fame. And so during that whole match, I was down there in the front row uh, with Dale Glenn, or Dale Eagle, whatever you want to call him, and naturally Randy was in the booth, and I was sitting in the front row, and I'll tell you what, I got the goose pimples uh, right now on my arms just thinking about it, Farge, but thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Well, nobody more deserving all that you did for the PBA and trying to bring equity in the scoring to both sides of the lane and to all types of bowlers that was that was an impossible job and you were willing to take it on and you did it admirably and you made few friends doing it and uh i think that alone gets gets you in the hall of fame <laughs> well thanks barge you know it's been what since 95 when i really retired from the pbas that's what 25 years or so and they still call me once in a while for some help, but uh, I'm totally retired. <laughs> well, finally, we have the PBA's number three moment of all time, and it's the number one moment on my personal list. Kelly Kulik's victory one year earlier in 2010, and for a journalist, covering that event was special because it was history-making. And the main goal in writing a story like that is just to not screw it up, quite honestly. What's your personal take on that tournament? Well, as you know, I've followed the PBA ever since the 60s. And there have been times in the past where lady bowlers had tried to infiltrate the men. Uh, way back in the day, uh, Dottie Father Gill, she even sued the PBA to gain membership. And uh, the reason was there was no... There was a women's tour, but there wasn't enough money. So the PBA says, well, you know, you got to bowl your own tour. Well, then they relaxed that rule. And then a few ladies joined, even though they're great bowlers. You know, it's pretty tough in any sport for a woman to beat a man simply because of muscles and, and the whole nine yards. So anyway, she bowled in the tournament, Kelly, who had a great record 
and she made the top 24. And now people start talking, wow, what if she makes the show? That'll be a miracle. Well, we're in Vegas, and obviously the people started taking odds on it. It was 100 to 1, then it dropped to 71, and 60 to 1, and 50 to 1. I think when the tournament went off, it was about 40 to 1 odds of her winning the tournament. And, you know, nobody gave her much of a chance, but she qualified the top five. And now if she makes it to the championship game, she's going to bowl one of the hottest men on the tour. That was Chris Barnes. So the odds went up for her to win against Chris, but she beat him by 50, 60, 70 pins. She was in dead stroke. And I'm going to tell you what, it's one of the biggest victories of all time. And, and she deserved it. There's only been a few women over the years that can compete with the men, and she was one of them. So my hat's off to her. I'm going to be a little selfish about that particular tournament. It was at Red Rock, a beautiful bowling center, obviously. And um, the two people she beat on the telecast, she beat Barnes. Do you remember who else she beat? I don't. She beat Mika. Oh, and yeah, that's right. Man. So a few, yes, go ahead. I was just going to say, that's why you're a top writer. You remember all these facts and, and little things like that. That's important to know. I'd forgotten that. You're right. Well, I, I, I usually don't remember it. I have to go look it up. But I'm good at looking things up. And a few years later, when I was inducted into the USBC Hall of Fame, Three of the people who went in with me that night were Mika, Barnes, and Kulik. <laughs> so in, in my induction, I got to remind everybody, I got to remind Barnes and Mika especially about how they got beat by a girl. <laughs> you know, I do remember that that occasion. I was there. I saw you up on the stage, and I saw a couple of little tears in your eyes, Barnes, which well-deserved. Well, thanks. I got, you know, I got to cover several of Kelly's wins. None was bigger than her win in the TOC and none was stranger than her victory on the windy, sandy streets of Reno, which is another story for another phantom radio show. So the, how can people order your, your book stone eight? Okay. Well, like I mentioned earlier, uh, it's a great father's day present. It's a great present for anybody that loves bowling and graduation and all that kind of stuff. And, and we do have a few books left, but I want to pass them along at a good saving. So first of all, we're going to reduce the price to $19. That will include tax, shipping, and handling. So for 19 bucks, you get a top book. And send it to me, Len Nicholson, at 7474 Adorno Way. A-D-O-R-N-O Way, Sacramento, California, 95829. It'll definitely make a great Father's Day gift, I'm sure, but uh, I'm also going to donate with my friend and fellow artists that uh, helped me with the book, Sam. We're going to donate some to the military uh, people. He's got some friends in the military, and uh, I've had some friends and family in it, too. We want to donate some of the proceeds to the military. So thanks again for mentioning that. Oh, that makes it an even an even better idea. 
And by the way, uh, for all the ladies up in uh, Northern California, that is Lenny's address. So if you're you're looking for uh, a, a good date, a, a good dinner companion, uh, that is the address that you should uh, jot down. Well, uh, Lenny, I got to say, it's time to look at the clock. Well, uh, let me add something to what you just said about dates and all that. I want all the ladies <laughs> out there, I want them all to know I'm 80 years old. I don't have much left, so don't expect much. <laughs> but, you, right. but you do have experience as a husband. <laughs> that, that's it. No more help for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you last to be 80 years old, you know, I hope it doesn't happen to you, but you never know what's going to happen, Parge. So, but you're lucky. You got a great wife. And uh, Michelle, are you there? I am. <laughs> All right. I want to make sure you're checking in on him because he's somebody you got to watch. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I'm looking at the old clock on the wall, Pards, and <laughs> I want to tell you, Phantom fans out there, that we're about out of time, and I can't believe how quickly the time flies on this show. That's why they say it's the fastest show in all of sports, but I hope you all enjoyed it and you enjoyed hearing from my buddy Bob Johnson. He, he helps me out on these shows quite a bit. And I appreciate all of his help. But uh, for all of you to know that next week, we're going to have another interesting guest to talk to. And we sincerely want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling and Brad Edelman from the High Roller. And we want to thank them for their continued support of our show. We appreciate all that they do to keep us coming back to you each and every week. So for Phantom Radio, Bob, I got one minute. You want to fill it with a close. It's up to you. Oh, well, I'm completely unprepared for that. I, I, I would like to, to reiterate, however, that to the ladies of Northern California, that the, the Phantom certainly is a catch. He has a colorful history as a husband and uh, many stories to tell, and you will never be bored. Other than that, I think I think that's all I got for this one. I'll look forward to... Uh, being on the show again with you next time and you take good care all right my friend <laughs> you know only because we both have personalities and senses of humor i'm gonna have you back i don't care how much abuse you want to try to put on me but just so you know i was out on the road for 25 years and there were some real experts with passing out abuse on the tour but i love it and i want to thank our <laughs> our newest sponsor too dave kowalski with auto value and bumper to bumper auto parts stores. And he was also the past president of the Michigan High School Coaching Bowlers Association. And they got 7,000 junior bowlers up there. So keep up the good work in Michigan. And Phantom fans, this is the Phantom. <laughs>